right, and we're back with another bottle on Back to the Roots. We have San Cristopolis with us today. Welcome back. This is your second appearance, Dinkit. They're plastic bottles. Is it technically so an appearance if it's just audio? What? Is it technically an appearance if it's just audio? I think it is. Okay. I think it, yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, so welcome back. We're pretty much just here because your wife wanted us <laughs> yeah. to do one. Because your wife is one of our most... Uh, one of my most reliable listeners, regular listeners, which I very much appreciate. Shout out to Rachel. She's a dope artist. You should go follow Check her. Check out Rachel's Chopay.com or yep. on Instagram. On her Instagram is at Rachel Chope. S H O P P E. Super dope. Check it out. I'm catching my breath for some reason. Hold on. Are you nervous? Um, kind of. You're just very attractive. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, today we're drinking A&W, zero sugar, root beer. It's basic, but it is solid. And both T and I don't want to be drinking a ton of sugar right now. So this is how we're doing it. Yep. Um, so Rachel gave us a like list of things to talk she about. She did. Let me pull it up. Okay. Um, the first of which I remember was the princess, princess cut. cut. No, that is not a ring. <laughs> that is a Christian movie that we watched last night. Can I can I say it's more of a cringeton? Oh, <laughs> very nice. That was a good burn. <laughs> cringeton. Um, yeah. So that's what if you want to tell us the listeners what the review is going to be like. <laughs> yeah, it was it was. Um, so for T T, you grew up in uh, your normal. Well, you grew up as an Orthodox. Not even that. Really. Not even that. No, I, my parents took me to like the Orthodox church like once or twice, maybe, and. We weren't like Christians. So I just grew up like a normal, like secular kid. Yeah. And I mean, if you want more, on, <laughs> if you want more on Than's backstory, go back and uh, listen to episode two of this podcast. Cause that's the one he was on before. Um, whereas then in contrast, I grew up uh, very Christian homeschool, American evangelical sort of yeah. vibe. Um, and I mean, I grew up on Christian movies, too. I don't know how many you've seen in the past. Um, Once I became Christian, I liked them. Really? But that was like in the honeymoon phase of being a Christian, mm-hmm. where I was like, all this Christian stuff is do you super remember, cool. Do you remember any of the ones you watched back then? Uh, God's Not Dead. I used to think that was cool. Now, looking back at it, I'm probably just like... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what about what about it? Well, you're very, you're very theological, philosophical now. Right. Um, so is it from that perspective, or is it just from, from like a movie? From that perspective. Okay. Like... Uh, cause in the first God's not dead movie, I think it's the first one, uh, the kid debates his atheist philosophy professor. Right. Mm-hmm. And like his argument was, why do you hate God? And then the professor goes, cause he took everything. Right. And then the guy was, then the Christian kid was like, Oh snap, you just admitted God exists. You just hate him. And, and then spoiler alert, the professor dies at the end. Yeah. And but he like comes to Christ and he's suffocating on his own blood. That's cool. He, he comes to Christ and it's like a nice story and everything, but that's yeah. just not how it works in real life. And right. that's not an argument for God's existence. Did you ever watch uh, like Facing the Giants? It was a Christian football yeah, movie. Yeah. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> I rem- I think I watched it with, oh shoot. Who did I watch it with? Was some kind of family member, like of Rachel's or something. Was it Sarah? I don't remember. I really that that just tells you like how much of like a non-memory it is for me because yeah. it wasn't that good of a movie. It was like I mean, growing up in my because I think that came out when I was like, shoot, when did it come out? Like th- when I was thirteen, and so I, 
and I was like indoctrinated in that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So everybody around me is like, oh, these are great movies. And I watched it and I was young. I didn't know what a good movie actually was. So of course, like I liked it. Yeah. Um, and now looking back on it, I'm like, it's not that great. And Pretty okay, here's, here's the toughest part about Christian movies is even the princess cut from last night, which we will go into in depth. Yeah. Presents, I think, good Christian truths in a horrible, horrible yeah. fashion. Really badly. Yeah. Uh, no, I would completely agree. I mean, look, so the majority of Christian movies that I've seen, I, I, I would just say, like, now I'm not, I'm not going to call myself a seasoned Christian. Maybe I could call myself that. I don't know if I'm allowed to. That all aside, right? Like, as, as somebody who's been a Christian for over about, like, six years now, and that honeymoon phase is over, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I'm just a guy that's, like, living his Christian life, trying to seek the Lord and please him and all this other stuff. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So the big thing is, like, they just seem, like, really low budget and kind of cringe um, and really superficial. Hmm. What do you I, mean? Um, I don't know. Like, it's just this intuition i guess for me it's just i'm like whenever i'm watching a christian movie it's never i've never watched a christian movie where i'm thinking like this is giving me something new to think about or this is like really deep into like theological truths or it it might just be the way i'm wired too right Um, it kind of feels like they're they're forcing something yeah well, like they have their own agenda of like how they think the world should work yeah. kind of thing. Well, and that's fine, right? Everybody has that. Yeah. I, I think the issue though is like, like for instance, we talked about that God's Not Dead, We the People movie, Yeah. right? Yep. And one of the things I don't like about that, I haven't even watched it, but from the feel of the movie and the trailers, it just, it's very like Christian persecution-ish. Right. And I'm, and I'm just like, I think you guys are overstating the case against Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's actually an interesting, I think it's interesting, mm-hmm. an idea that I had the other day. Because I've been hearing a lot of messages about like suffering and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I think are good. Yeah, yeah. They've been good messages. Um, but like as Americans, and even some of these messages have said it, like we don't really suffer. Yeah. And I've heard this, I think, from somebody else is I think like persecution. I think that we kind of just create like suffering for ourselves uh-huh. because we're not getting tested in our faith to the point of true persecution. Mm-hmm. Like the worst thing that happens is somebody like, you know, a coworker calls look, you a bigot. Yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> like that's not that bad. Like you're just, somebody, you're just emotionally oh, sensitive. No, if that, said something mean to me. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. That would be me. Like I would, I would be like very hurt oh, if yeah. somebody was like that, but that's kind of just the society we grow up in. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and actually, I heard this on the Joe Rogan podcast because they were talking about in general, like, oh, yeah, in other parts of the world, like, death is just normal. Like, yeah. it happens all the time. Um, and he's not wrong. And, like, here, we like we talk about suffering, like, when a family member dies. Like, that happens, like, three times in our lives. And that's, like, our most intense form of suffering, generally, unless it's something internal, like depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, again, that's us, I think, creating our own <laughs> suffering. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of cases, it could be. I, I think that depression and anxiety aren't as big well, of things in other yeah. like third world countries because they have real things to worry about. Their brain doesn't yeah. create it, things. No, to worry I completely about. agree with that. I think a lot of American Christianity is creating that own persecution or suffering for ourselves mostly because we think 
it's a good thing to suffer and be persecuted for the gospel, which I would say it is. Yeah, I would love to die a, mar- a martyr, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go out and purposely be martyred. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? You get the point, right? I, I, I think it's an honor to be persecuted for the gospel, but I'm not going to go out and ask people to persecute me or at least pretend like I'm being persecuted. Right. Um, and so I guess seeing that kind of stuff in American Christianity is like... It's cringy. It, 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 it's cringy and it kind of makes my body hurt, you know? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm suffering for, for the sake of the gospel. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so, okay, so Princess Cut. Yeah, yeah, okay. Diving into it. So the premise of this movie, so first of I all... I missed the first, like, 20 minutes. W- Rachel sent the TikTok to us, right? Yeah, I didn't watch it. Okay, so Rachel sends this TikTok. The cover of the TikTok video looked so cringe that I was just like, I'm not watching this. The the way they describe it in the TikTok is it's pretty gnarly. Um, Wait, they said that? No, no, no. They they just like the way they describe it. There's no way they said the word gnarly (laughs) in their ad for the Christian movie. No, the way that the TikTok, because it was somebody making fun of the movie. Okay, okay. They're like, basically they take the plot and they condense it down. Um, Actually, I might just play it. Is it going to pick it up through the... Uh... Yeah, I'll hold it right next to my mic. Um, no, not not the a woman breastfeeding a cat on board an airplane. This is the kind of stuff that gets sent on our group chat. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. Princess Cut, TikTok. Let me turn it up. Crazy Christian movie review. This one's pretty rough. The film's called Princess Cut, and it's about a girl who won't kiss a guy until she's married. The film starts out with our main character, Grace, looking at engagement rings. Apparently, she's been dating a guy for 15 months, and she thinks he's going to pop the question. Grace returns home to tell her mom about the ring she saw, and I had no choice but to edit the scene like this. You would not believe I saw today. Grace is now ready for her big date. When Grace arrives, she's hardly acknowledged by her boyfriend, but that may be due to the fact that he's not actually her boyfriend we're engaged why does this keep happening to me hey don't beat yourself up this happens to everybody after this fiasco the father who looks like the dude from papa john's gets all up in arms yo can i get some kind of toxic quote about men being betas these days most young men today have no clue what it means to be a man okay thank you later grace bumps into jared the guy who works at the jewelry store and apparently also this coffee shop have we we met before please i just need a coffee eventually jared gets her number leading to him just showing up at their house randomly one day because of this they actually do go on a date by the end of the date tries to kiss grace only for her to say this not saying very much after the date grace calls her friend up in a panic i guess jared did kiss her off camera or something because she's all torn up about this premarital smooch he kissed me i'm not sure what to do so her friend recommends that she goes to see her mom's therapist hey i know what if you call my mom's therapist grace agrees and then tells the therapist i like being with him it's just every time we're together he wants you know hug and kiss and stuff like that Mm. unacceptable break up with him right now well how will you know if the shoe fits unless you try it on i think i've wasted your time excuse me ma'am but god is my therapist cut to her little brother spilling juice all over her final project this is my final project and it's due tomorrow grace then chases her little brother and gets him hit by a car (laughs) (laughs) see all right a good movie. Luckily, their neighbor is an absolute hunk. We're now out in a field with Grace, her dad, and her mom. Grace then confesses that Jared he's pushed our relationship to be much physical. To which dad replies, your mother and I want to protect you from having your heart broken again. Me too, but how? I think the answer's been right in front of us all along. Sweet. Sweet. 
I guess the soybean <laughs> thing really got through to her because immediately afterwards she breaks up with Jared. Conveniently, Clint then asks Grace's dad for his approval to date his daughter. I'm seeking your approval to pursue a relationship with Grace. I'd like to get to know her better and explore the possibility of marriage. Grace and Clint start dating after dad gives his pop a blessing. All ends well when Clint proposes to pop Grace bless. seemingly only after dating for a couple months. In the final scene, we see Grace and Clint living happily ever after. A small goblin races out of their home and then Grace says, Dad brought you guys something today. Don't be soybeans. Don't say soybeans. Soybeans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was... That was... Uh, that was a pretty was a pretty through. good synopsis. It actually really was. So there were moments where it's like, okay, he is... There's things I wish they would have mentioned. Oh, like him yeah. burying the ring. Yeah, so... <laughs> okay, so real quick synopsis on top of that one. Um, there's a girl. She's... I, I. She looks like she's like 25. Yeah, how old is she supposed to be in the movie? I don't know. They never explain it. But she looks like she's between 25 and 30 years old. She's definitely not in high school. No. Right? Like, she's not in school at all during yeah. the movie. And she's, she's living... She's working on a farm. Yeah, she's working on a... Well, she's living with her parents who work a farm. Um, but then I guess, like, the, the kids, the, like, the little brothers don't... They're not in school during the movie at all. Maybe it's summer break. Could be. Yeah. Anyway. Like, it's around harvest time, maybe end of the summer. Um so she's she's living at home. I guess she's going to school because she has like this project you see at one point. Um, yeah, she meets a guy uh, at a coffee shop. Okay, so actually, no, let's, re- let's rewind because it starts off with her in a quote unquote relationship already and she thinks she's going to get proposed to. Yeah, I actually didn't even understand that. She so, shows so, so, so she thinks she's been dating a guy for 15 months, but it's a long distance thing. Okay. Um, by long distance, I think it's like three hours. Uh, so then she shows up to a date which she thinks is a one-on-one thing. Turns out it's like a group date. Like it's like her boyfriend, quote unquote, and Mm -hmm. all of his friends from college who are like Harvard jocks. And she shows up and she's under the, the guys that her boyfriend, I can't remember what his name is, had something special to tell her. She thought he he was going to propose to her. She shows up. She's kind of upset that it's a bunch of people and not just him and her. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I thought you had something important to tell me. He's like, oh, yeah, I did. And then he puts his arm around this other girl who's like sitting like catty corner to him, like on the table. And he's like, we're engaged. Ugh. So it's like she thought she was dating this guy for 15 months. Oh, and so I missed this part in the beginning. OK. And she before she goes on the stage, she's talking to her family and like her girlfriend about it. And none of them had met this guy yet. It had been over a year and they had not met him yet. That's pretty sad. Yeah. And so it turns out he's dating somebody else and he proposes and that's where the movie just like, that's the tone it sets, which I don't think this happens ever. Like this does not happen often. I'm sure it's happened out there to somebody. Have you heard of it happening to somebody? Uh, No. I've like not in my own personal circles, right? But like I've heard of stories, right? Um, that's crazy. I didn't. Yeah, I missed that whole entire beginning. Yeah, part so that of the movie. that's how it sets it up. And then she meets. Okay, so that put that like ties the story a little bit better together for me because like that scene where the dad's like, "I don't want your heart to get broken again." I was like, "Yeah." What? So there is some context. Okay, there. that yeah. So that helps. Okay. Keep in mind, the very first scene you see is this random dude burying a ring in a oh, yeah. box in the woods. That's, that's the, that's what, who turns out to be her husband in the future. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay, where do we go from here? There's so much, so many points. There. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she meets that one guy. So yeah, she meets What's this his guy. Name, his name is Jared. Jared. Okay. Um, he works at a coffee shop. They go out, I guess, for a while. At first, it's all magical, but then he wants. He tries to kiss her, and then like there's this weird passage even of time. At first. Well, he leans in for a kiss. She says oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, in the car. Yeah, but then I think what happened is, is uh, in the story, he like they keep seeing each other, and then they actually do kiss and mm-hmm. maybe get a little like physical, um, and she feels guilty about that. Now it hurts the story that we never see that happen. Because there's this weird passage of time because it jumps, like the TikTok thing said, it jumps from that scene of them like almost kissing but not to then her on the phone with like a friend like saying like, I feel really bad because all we do is like kiss and hug and stuff. Right. So, but like that night, the night before that phone call, Mm -hmm. she goes into his house, remember? Yeah, that's true. And then she comes home and the mom's like, where were you? And uh, she, she was like stuck in the rain or whatever. And then she calls her friend. Right. She's then she talks about how he kissed her, and she feels really guilty because she doesn't want to tell her parents she had a good time while, while leaving information out or something like that. I'm yeah, saying. she 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 says a quote when she eventually breaks up with Jared because and she says, which is is a this whole movie was definitely written by like conservative Christian like boomers because this purity is purity culture like yeah. I kiss dating goodbye type people. Yeah, because this is what she says. She's like, she's breaking up with Jared. He's like, why? And he, she's like, I want to be able to tell my parents I had a good time without leaving anything out. And just like the way that that structure, the sentence is structured, it's like, well, it brings flashbacks it from makes, all the purity culture stuff I grew up the with. The thing is like, even if you're married, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, me and me and my, my husband went to pound town. <laughs> like you're not going to tell your parents that, right? Like, yeah. And I think, again, it's like in the context, like I think she's supposed to be in high school or something. I don't know how old. Maybe we can look it up. Maybe. I kind of doubt that they, there's like a wiki on this movie Princess, that breaks the down Princess the... Cut wiki page. And real quick, before we continue, because we're kind of... It's easy... I guess we're being cynical. <laughs> I think that's probably fair. I'm being cynical. We're kind of just tearing this movie apart, and I don't want to come off... I don't want... I don't want to come off as a hater. I don't want to unnecessarily hate on things, but there's a problem here, yeah. um, which we'll get to, which is that this movie, especially for me who grew up like in the homeschool, Christian conservative purity culture thing, um, I'm still fighting a lot of the overthinking and anxieties mm-hmm. that were created by being like taught this stuff. Um, and beyond being like taught it, like indoctrinated, like, it, like I've been indoctrinated in it. Um, so I view this movie as a, it's, it's an attempt to do something in the right direction. Um, but they don't understand the implications that being indoctrinated, like indoctrinating people with this mindset brings about. Yeah. So that was my big issue with it. Like, right. Well, um, at one point of the movie, you said, no wonder yeah, so many exactly. people leave the faith right. like, when they so grow like, up. Like a lot of the, like because of the type of work that I do, I run into people that are ex-Christians a lot. Yeah. And then you hear a lot of people say stuff like, oh, it was really traumatic growing up and it gave me a lot of baggage, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just thinking like, I don't understand how that, how like... A basic how basic Christian theology and all this other stuff can give you baggage, right? But then, like watching stuff like that and thinking, like, oh, like okay, so our generation of kids 
that are like grew up Christians, that's what they experienced. Yeah. And I'm just like, no wonder, dude. Like, it's so toxic. We weren't we weren't taught basic Christianity. We were taught basic Christianity. Like, imagine you're making food. Basic Christianity is the plain chicken breast, and then there were all these like seasonings and all this stuff put on top of it. And we kind of choked it down, <laughs> and now we're kind of like it's not sitting well with us. Well, yeah, I don't blame. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah it doesn't. I don't blame that anybody for that not sitting well. And like, I'm not saying that all Christian movies are like this um, by any means, but I think that they just kind of fail to hit the mark of delivering the message um, without, in a healthy way. In a healthy way, and th- this movie is like the prime example of that. So, like the thing is, I I I think this movie could have been much more wholesome and less cringe if this would have like and again maybe this is just isn't appropriate for um because i I'm, I'm like willing to take into context the low budget they didn't have paid actors probably they probably just had like some people in the in the church making the movie right that, that is actually how it okay seen. so i'm um, like taking that into context i can see why they wouldn't go this route but Instead of making it like this whole, um, oh, he tried to kiss me or, hey, hey he caressed my hair mm-hmm. in a loving way, right? Making it more of like he's pushing her to have premarital sex or something like that, right? Right. Not in like a force, forceful kind of way, but just more of just like a, hey, like, it doesn't matter. We can do this kind of thing. You got like the picture I'm trying to paint. In that context, it's not. It's no longer this weird purity culture, like toxic, like all sorts, all kind of affirmation is bad. It's it's this healthy, like setting up proper boundaries to avoid sin, without this weird. I don't even know what to call it, but like this weird lie, right? Like that hugging and holding hands, in like a kiss is sinful. Yeah, here's here's I, I don't know. Here's what I was kind of taught as I was trying to figure this out. Um like if you if you're doing something like whatever it is, whether you're in a relationship, so whether you're doing this with your significant other or not, um if it is arousing like sexual feelings, then it is you shouldn't be doing it. And I think that there is validity to that statement, but it is impossible to kind of live that way. So I would just, I guess I would just even disagree that with that general, like to an extent, right? Like you can't control what happens to your body, right? Like, so, so what I mean, what I'm trying to say here is like. In most contexts. Yeah. So like. So, for instance, like, if you're just cuddling, dude, right? See, well, here's the what, problem. What I think is the better thing to control is how you react to those urges. How do I, like, mastering yourself, mastering the self and getting the freedom. Like, that's the other side of what Christianity teaches. There's freedom in Christ from sin. That being said... Sorry. <laughs> which, again, this is part of the Christian indoctrination I've grown up with, which I'm still discovering whether or not I agree with it or not, um, is, like, if you find yourself in a situation where that is happening, like, mm-hmm. if you're becoming, um, you know, 
if you're starting to have thoughts that maybe you shouldn't have and your body is doing things as it does in some of those situations, um, then maybe you should remove yourself from that situation. And Christians always use the example of um, Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Like she, to be fair, she actually tried to rape him. Right. Essentially. Um, and he runs out. It's like, yeah, if you're going to get raped, get out of there. <laughs> um, but if uh, it's, it's, I think it's one of those kind of gray areas, but then you're also, I mean, our, our job as Christians is to glorify God. Mm-hmm. So is this action glorifying God or is this selfish? So if I'm cuddling with somebody because it arouses me. Oh, well, that's different. I'm it just is saying... different. It is different. But let me also pre- preface yeah. with this. Um, I'm going to preface with if you're coming from a sheltered Christian homeschool sort of vibe where you were A, not allowed to hug or show physical affection for the opposite sex growing up. Yeah, it becomes taboo. Well, <laughs> once you do, it turns you on. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying by it, it becomes yeah, yeah. taboo. I don't, I'm still learning what taboo means. Oh, so. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what that <laughs> word means. <laughs> but yeah, right. like that's that's what that's the struggle. So by the time you hit it. So I'm not saying like let your kids make out when they're 13. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just like it's okay like teach to, them healthy boundaries or even like show it like show that it's okay to hug somebody of the opposite sex or whatever because if they right. do that growing up I mean there's a chance that they're like ooh this well, feels good and then they take that the wrong direction I, but I generally I just even think like it sets up like one of the not to get like too out of line here I guess but one of the most common things I hear about like Christian marriages um, at least not I shouldn't say that it's like in general but I've heard a lot of people talk about how it's like difficult just for when you're married um, for the woman to um, feel safe or comfortable. I don't know what the right word is, right? But like in general, it's hard for the woman to feel like it's okay to just have sex to have sex, right? right? Uh, With their husbands. And I feel like that's so much due to this like super toxic purity culture thing that's this movie represents yeah right um well i ask myself that question of like what's the difference between sleeping around or even dating one specific person and only having sex with that person before you get married and then like getting married and then having sex um and i think part of it is glorifying god oh i could i mean but it's also I feel like there's almost needs to be a justification for sex. Like this is like, what, what's the point of sex? And it's like, well, it's, you know, I guess it's supposed to, what we've been taught in the Mm -hmm. Christian world growing up is, um, it's like a physical representation for us to experience like how much God loves us or it's something along those lines. I'm probably butchering that, but it's kind of like, <laughs> that's really whack theology. It's probably <laughs> don't judge the entire Christian culture based on that. Cause I'm probably butchering. Uh, it. I'm telling you right now, <clears throat> that's way off. We can, we could probably do a podcast just on oh, what I'm sure we could. Like, I'm sure we could do a whole series. Uh, on I this. will whip out all the commentaries and everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you so, want to, if you wait, like, the, oh my gosh, there's so much deep theology and like cultural context that goes to that that of like what sex is, why marriage is important and all this other stuff. Right. Um, and that's not, I mean, part of can, it is like, part of it's like, it's, it's like marriage is almost similar to God's covenant to Israel. 
Yeah. We're making a covenant to each other. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, what I've heard. Yeah. That's one thing. But like this whole, like the erotic part of sex, right? Like it's not made to mimic something about how God relates to us. God does, I don't think God does relate to us erotically. That's not within. The, it's not so right? much necessarily the erotic nature of it. It's like, um, this is how I've interpreted yeah. it. Um, which maybe this just shows how poorly it's been communicated. Um, it's like, cause well, it's put into this context when we get to heaven, there's not going to be sex. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because like, well, God, like being with God, like being like in proximity with him, like we probably won't even like feel the desire for it. And so now it's like, I've heard it said that like, well, sex is like the closest thing to like, it's one of the best physical feelings you can have as a human being on earth. So I don't like, know, man. Eating cheesecake is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends who has had sex ate cheesecake once. I was with him and I will agree this was bomb cheesecake. He leans over to me at the table and whispers, this is better than sex. <laughs> I so I think there's validity to that. But... Um, Sorry, Rachel. No, it's okay. Uh, no, I was saying sorry it's just to my like, wife. You know, she's listening. It, it's a very, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very pleasurable thing physically. So it's like, it's like the closest feeling we can get to that intense love that God has for us. Yeah. Don't take that out of context. Yo, well, yeah, that that's that um, agape love that comes with that, right? Sure, yeah. sure. Um, but again, it's not. I, I think. That's just, I guess this is just like another really probably cynical thing here, but, um, it, it, it's kind of maddening to me at least. It's just, um, there's a lot of things that I find are taught in Christian circles about things like sex, a cultural context, anything, right? Um, and a lot of the times it's just flat out wrong. It's more just like poetic little phrases that Mm -hmm. sound like they're truth inspiring, but really like they're dead wrong. Do you have an example? Um, uh, I think one, like here's, here's, here's an example. Like you always hear people say something like God won't give you what something you can't handle. That's dead wrong. Right. Like the, and then the, the, like think of how many times Christians, even in scripture were given things that they couldn't handle. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the context is usually the, given in is like, God will not let you tempt. Exactly. Be tempted beyond you won't what be you tempted take. beyond what you can't handle. Right. That has to do with sin, mm-hmm. not are you strong enough to handle poverty? Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> are you, are you strong enough to deal with the death of a loved one? Exactly. Like whatever. the whole point of the gospel is that we're not strong enough. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And so that, that, that's like an example or like, um, one, uh, I guess another example would be, um, I guess this is kind of like a misunderstanding, I guess, right? Like, so with Elijah being taken up into the world and mm-hmm. people talk about him being taken up into heaven. Yeah. And again, it's just dead wrong because just a little bit later, we have Elijah writing a letter to Elisha mm-hmm. from the other side of the kingdom, right? And so it's just like, uh, there's so many things that I hear being taught in like the popular spheres of Christianity that mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, why are we teaching these things when we just clearly aren't kind right. of a thing? And then it reminds me of like that piece of scripture that says like, not everybody should be a teacher. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> That's a tough pill to swallow because everybody wants to be a leader. 
And I think it's scary to be one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it definitely is. I heard somebody say the other day that if uh, I think it was um, I think it was Abraham Lincoln. No, no, no. You heard him the other day. I did. Yeah, we were, talk, we were talking. He was actually on the podcast, but we lost all the audio. It was a technical thing. Okay. Um, um, it was either Abraham Lincoln or Benjamin Franklin. Um, he was asked. I think it was Benjamin Franklin. He was asked, um, "Why don't you run for president?" And he said, "The desire alone." Um, is suspect yeah exactly and it's just kind of, yeah so it's like everybody wants to be a leader everybody wants to be a teacher but maybe you should take out the plank in your own eye before you start trying to take it out of others <laughs> excuse me nice one bro. um we kind of got off topic we though. got way off topic let's get back to the princess yeah, let's get cut, back shall to we? The cringe okay um, um okay so let, let me talk about my favorite part of the scene okay or, yeah, of yeah. the movie so this is toward the end um when her and this other guy start to like What's his name again? Clint. Clint, yeah, yeah. Um, Grace is the main character. So mm -hmm. Grace and Clint start like kind of hanging out, but they do it in the way. So I was raised... Dude. I was raised oh. to believe... or I was, ra I was raised to practice courtship. <laughs> this is how you court people, according to the way I was raised. If you're offended by what I'm about to say, with all due respect, I don't care. Because this is... <laughs> This is just messed up. This is not how things work. Oh, man. Okay, so here's how you court. Here we go. Um, and I've seen people that I was raised with taught the same thing, and their marriage fell apart. Uh-huh. Um, so courtship. You see somebody you like. Um, I Usually this is within your circles already, somebody mm -hmm. you want to date. Um, you spend time with them in groups first. Or in extreme situations like this movie, their families. You spend time with their, them and their families, so you get mm -hmm. the context of who they are, which I don't think is necessarily bad. No, I think that's actually a good strategy. Um, this movie, even just from like he a starts hanging level, out, right? Like it's it's got yeah, it's practical. Yeah. But like in the, in this movie, like Clint starts hanging out with Grace and her whole family, mm -hmm. um, which I think is to be just, fair. His original like aim wasn't like he was working for them before. Well. Was he working for yeah, them? Yeah, he was working for them on the farm. And then he's like, "Okay, dang, Grace looks okay. kind of graceful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess that part isn't so bad. Um, but he starts like hanging out with them more. And then like there's some flirty stuff that goes on between them. And then he goes to her parents to ask for permission to date their daughter, which is an old-fashioned way to do it. It's the courtship way of doing it. But the wording of the scene yeah. was insane. Yeah. So I, full disclaimer, like I have, if I have a daughter ever and some dude comes up to me, he's like, look, I think your daughter's beautiful. Here are my intentions. Like I'd like to date her. Yeah. And if it's like a good fit, I'd like to marry her, but that's way down the road. Like, yeah. I would be like, dang, bro, like, heck yeah. This is, this <laughs> right? is extracurricular, right. but yeah, that's right. awesome. Right, like, yeah, so, like, that's cool. I don't have anything I think, against I that. I think it's an integrity move. Yeah, that's a huge integrity move, so, like, that'd be impressive to me. Um, but if somebody would, like, like, go ahead with the, the way that he said it, and, well, then, I'll, and, then, I'll, and then I'll share my thoughts. All I knew is that it lasted, like, it felt like three minutes when it should have been what you just said, 30 seconds. Right. Um, the oh, dad started God. crying. Yeah, and it wasn't like an immediate yes. But it, it was even it, weirder, bro. Like, so, it, like, I don't remember the lines exactly, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look. Hold on. But, like, what, what, oh, what did he say? I remember, like, oh, 
what did he say? He was like so serious. It was, it was so cringe. Oh, like, dude, we got a jackpot. We found the princess cut script, full transcript. Here oh my go. gosh, yes, get there. That that's perfect. Okay, hold on. Um, and while you're finding that, like, I just remember that scene in general. It was so cr- like I I I was in pain. Yeah, it's rough. Like, I I can't. If somebody came up to me, okay, back to that future daughter scenario, right? Mm-hmm. If somebody came up to me and wanted to like express their interest in my daughter the way Clint does in this movie, I'd be like, "Look, I respect your integrity, but you need to chill, dude." Like, <laughs> it's the tryhard mentality that comes when you are taught a set of it's rules. It's like a to fake follow. chivalry. I would I like. Oh, yeah, yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Go. Um. Yeah, and I think usually the kid's heart is in the right place. I say kid because usually it's only a kid that would do this. Like I did. Okay, so this is basically what I did with my first girlfriend when mm-hmm. I was 18. Um, and I was a kid. I didn't know any better. I didn't know how the world actually worked. Um, okay, so here's that whole scene. Clint says, thank you for being willing to talk to me. I appreciate it. Jim, the dad says, what's on your mind? Clint, it's about your daughter. Not exactly <laughs> sure how to go about this, but I want to make my... I want to be clear with my intentions up front. I'm seeking your approval to pursue a relationship with Grace. I'd like to get to know her better and explore the possibility of marriage. So that on its own, I don't think is that bad. Honestly, it could have just been left there. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that that was, it was like clearly written by Christian boomers. Cause that is like word for word what I've been taught my entire yeah, life. Yeah. Um, the dad says, Clint, we uh, we appreciate you coming to us first about this. Marriage is a serious matter. You've impressed me as a man of integrity, and I believe you would do things in a way that would be honorable to both grace and to God. So let's take this step by step as God continues to direct our path. Uh, and then the dad, Catherine, and I, well, we're willing to see what God has in store for both of you. Yeah, it's just like, do you get, do you, like, I think that really ties in with something I said earlier, right? Like, do you remember how I said, like, people will try to say things like, almost really poetically. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Right. It's just like, it could have just been like, okay, let's take this step by step. And to give them the benefit of the doubt, maybe it was just to fill up the scene so it wasn't short and awkward in the movie, but it didn't feel that way. It felt like it was drawn out. Yeah. Okay, here we go. We go home. There's more. Jim says, as her father, I promised Grace that I would watch over her, that I would protect her, that I would be a part of this journey. She's my daughter, Clint. Clint says, I understand. Dad, you're a good man, Clint. Clint, thank you, sir. Thank you both. And then it goes to the scene where he actually, like, pops the question. Well, pops the question. He pops the question Let as me pull in, up like, that line pops the question as in this where is he's my, going to go ask her to be his girlfriend, but not really, like, this is my, hey, let's be more, let's be more of friends, this but is not my, a girlfriend. This okay. is my favorite line in the entire movie. Um, Okay, hold on. Uh, Are we gonna talk about like the end, like closer to the ending of the movie? Yeah, too, where things get really spicy. Yeah, it gets spicy. <laughs> uh, okay, he says, "Would you?" Okay, so this is not the first thing he says. He goes on for quite a while. Well, a little bit. Um, he says, "Would you consider exploring a deeper friendship with me?" <laughs> <laughs> and he does save it, but it's just such an unrealistic way to say that. Would yeah. you consider exploring a deeper friendship with me? And then he goes, I mean, a relationship. 
in which we'd both be prayerfully considering the possibility, dot, 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 of marriage. This is not how the world works, ladies and gentlemen. This is not, this does not, if you say this to a girl, if, unless you were both raised in this circle, this, oh my gosh. I just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just my personality, right? I just think, look, if you're interested in a girl, if you want to get the, um, the permission of the parents to pursue a dating relationship, go ahead. I still think you should definitely ask for marriage. Yeah, 100%. Um, but um, all that aside even, I, the speech he gives, dude, right? Like, and her, exp- like... Do you want me to read her response? Well, well it's right her here. response, but also I, I think what bothers me is the fact that she, like... Again, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about the situation, but I like I'm I'm operating off this assumption that she's out of high school. Like I'm operating on this assumption yeah. she's like she's in her mid twenties. Yep. She has to get permission from her parents in her mid twenties to date. And then the guy's like, Oh no, I already asked and she's like, doesn't yeah. believe I'm just like So so she says that. She says, um uh, Clint, if you'd asked me just a couple of weeks ago, I would have said yes in a heartbeat, but I'm determined not to go through this without my dad's blessing. <clears throat> to which he says, I already got it. So um, here's here's actually, okay, here's my biggest beef with this movie. We've dug into a bunch of little mm-hmm. things, which you could t- say as, you know, whatever. The p- biggest problem this movie, the biggest problem of purity culture and of being taught this way of dating yeah. is that you have been raised to believe that dating is a bigger thing than marriage. Yeah. You get taught little about what marriage actually is. And instead, you're taught how to find or how to do that with those per- people. Like, well, so we just got to wait, not to get off topic. We just got a news update. News update. Because we have, okay, here's the situation. I mean, I'm in T's basement. We're recording the podcast. His wife, Rachel, and sister in law, Lydia, are upstairs. They've set up a phone down here so that they, they could live watch us record this. So they're listening. As we talk. Right. So, yeah, like, I, I totally agree at that point. Not only... So, like, let, let's be honest. Dating is not that big of a deal. It's not. It's It should be easy. It should be simple. Like, the... Marriage the, is a big deal. <laughs> marriage, yeah. Yeah. It's just, like, uh, I... I don't know, man. It's, no, it's it's a huge... And here's, like, um... Uh... So you had, um, you and Rachel have a friend who's been friends with, uh, Rachel for a long time. Uh Uh-huh. And. Why'd you stop talking? What's up? Um, (laughs) (laughs) they, they dated for a long time or no, they, her and Rachel knew each other for a long time. She dated a guy throughout high school, um, they actually hired me to be the DJ. I came up to Wisconsin the night before the wedding, they call it off. Uh Uh-huh. Um, cause Lydia texted and said that we're 1000% about dating. She said it was literally this friend. Yeah. So I don't know that situation, but I kind of, I take it on Lydia's word that that kind of was it's part of this. Much, pretty much like straight yeah, up. Cause, yeah. Cause this friend was raised, I was raised with your, um, wife, Rachel and her family and yeah, yeah. our families were very similar. <clears throat> so 
it, 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 it honestly is that's the biggest problem with movies like this and about just that whole i don't know dating curriculum is it does it right it, it's it, made it's put so much pressure it, it like traps you yeah so the hardest part which is actually kind of fun of dating is like making that initial connection with the person that initial conversation that first time you talk to them um now here's like i'm scared to have that interaction because there's all this weight that's been put on the other side of that interaction Mm -hmm. like i don't just have to get over this one hump and then things will kind of figure themselves out it's like i have to hit this hump and that's just the first step and then i gotta keep going because this is hard like this is so you gotta stay pure you gotta do this you can't do this the, it sucks. I, so I can only I can't I can only like sympathize here, right? Like I don't I don't have experience in this area, right? So all, all I can say is from like an outsider. I, I don't know if you can consider. Am I what am I considered? Because I'm a Christian. Um, you're I guess like, I'm still an outsider, right? Like, in from the perspective of somebody that grew up and like was entrenched in this, right? I would say you're adopted, but you were all adopted <laughs> even, in right. the faith, so. right? Anyway, so like it's it's just bad. Right. Like from the outside looking in, it's so unhealthy and so toxic. And like, and one of the other points is like the movie in this, the culture that this movie even feeds off of, right. Is like, uh, it's, it's in the movie. It's, you want to make sure the first person you date is like the person you marry. It's almost like, cause like right. the thing, even the, the movie even like makes this look like if you date somebody and you break up, it creates like this massive set of baggage to the point where apparently your ex-boyfriend's going to try to kill you, your, your current yeah, boyfriend. Let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> so again, um, this movie seems to set up implications that when you break up with somebody or when they break up with you, that it creates a whole lot of baggage down the line and you can't deal with it in a very healthy way. Um, unless you do it in the way, because even Clint says when he asks Grace to date, um, he's like, I would like to do it this way so that, you know, we could still mm-hmm. be friends if we break up. Um, so like, they're like, it doesn't have to be this way, but here's what happens if you do it wrong. So here's what happens when you do it wrong. According to the movie, Grace breaks up with Jared. She starts dating Clint. Then out of the blue, Clint's ex-girlfriend from college shows up into town and goes just like full crazy woman and tries to win Clint. Yeah. Tries to win Clint back. Um, again, this is not something I see very often, but I feel like this is actually one of the more reasonable, dramatic assumptions of the movie that this is possible in life. Um, so after I can't remember. I mean, it's a possibility, right? Like you, you could like yeah, you could date somebody bad in your life, and all of a sudden you have like a great crazy ex. But yeah, and then they pop back into your life. Like it does happen, right? But it's not like. But she but like it's sticks not, around it's for not a while. Immoral, right? It's not wrong, right? Like it's just like a risk of. of are you talking about breaking up or of like just dating, dating multiple? Like, no, yeah, yeah. I, it is a risk. Um, and should you have good wherewithal to be able to pick up the red flags before you get that deep into a relationship with a crazy yeah. person? Yeah, you should. I think that just comes with maturity and not being right. kept in this weird purity ring bubble. Right. <laughs> so at the end of the movie. Um, Jared shows up to this harvest celebration, um, that Grace's family puts on, um, and like Grace and Clint, they're like clicking, they're like, you know, they're starting to work out, you know, they're, they're going to get married. But then Clint's ex, I think her name was Brooke was there yeah, yeah, trying to win Clint back and it was just super cringe. And then Jared 
shows up, Grace's ex, and then him and like and Brooke have this like super cringy We're flirty the sinners. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. Hold on, while you find that. Yeah. Cuz you brought up Brooke. Yep. I just want to talk about this. Yep. Cuz it could not have been more obvious the implications they were making in this scene. So like here's the here's the picture, right? Where the Brooke is at the house, Clint's ex. But nobody knows it's Clint's ex yet. Like you, it's implied. You can kind of sense it. Yeah, right, yeah. Right, whatever. They're all at the dinner table, and they all start praying. And everybody's eyes are closed. And then the camera <laughs> fixes on Brooke, <laughs> whose eyes are open, and she's looking around. And it's like the movie is like implying like that she's not a Christian because her eyes are open. <laughs> Well, she was like also giving people weird eyes, right? Too. So, like, I get, I get it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just at the same time, I, I, I just thought that was hilarious because it, it, it almost like sets up like this weird rule that you have to close your eyes to pray, kind of a thing. Okay, here we go. Here's so okay, right, we're so going back to the, they're at the harvest party. Yeah, Brooke and, and like Brooke kind of like seems to get shut down by Clint. She goes off kind of mopingly to like the punch table, and yep. she's like, and then Jared walks up. These two people haven't met yet. Jared walks up and says, well, who do we have here? Brooke <laughs> says, who's asking? Jared. Jared Cunningham at your service. So where are you from, gorgeous? And this is like delivered, you know, in a way that an actor Didn't would not he say deliver. something like, yeah, you're way too beautiful to not yeah, be from here or something like Brooke that. Brooke says, out west, Jared says, should have guessed. There's not any girls half as pretty as you are around here. Jeez. Brooke, there's not as many guys half as smart to notice. Jared, so what brings you out here? My fiance Clint, which is a lie, but yeah, yeah. So then they sneak off, um, to what I thought. I thought that these two were just gonna antagonists like go mac on it. Yeah, we're gonna go like get it on somewhere else, and we wouldn't see them again. Turns out they go off to devise a plan, <laughs> <laughs> like just jumping past the uh, the flirtatious chemistry, even quote unquote. From there, right? Like they just went off and devised a plan. To they get went off and devised exes. a plan to basically. Kill they, Clint. Well, they, they corner, they like go back and they corner oh, yeah, Grace. They separate Clint and Grace. Right. And Brooke goes to Clint and then they like lure Grace into a shed and then. And then Grace goes in and then like, boom, right behind the closed door. Jared is, is in Jared. There. And he's like grabbing her and like not letting her escape. And it was kind of creepy. Yeah. Basically like you can't let me go. And it's like, this might've been going in kind of a rape direction, but it was hard to say. Right. Um, and then Clint shows up, Clint shows up and they have like one of the most poorly choreographed fight scenes in the world. Yeah. Uh, there's a shovel flying around. I was really hoping for like a better fight scene when I realized the fight scene was coming up and I saw how much of a weenie Clint was. I was like, dang, dude. yeah, we all wanted a little bit more, but, um, somebody gets, then what, what's his face? Jared gets sl- shot by a slingshot. Oh yeah, yep. He gets shot by slingshot. <laughs> and then somehow his dad brother. gets out. It gets comes in. His dad just yeah, like her dad and just takes like pops over in, and then kicks him out. Does the classic Christian boomer line: "Get off my property." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leave my daughter alone and get off my property. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty magnificent. And then so then Jared leaves, and I think he says something. He says something cutting as he leaves, but I can't yeah. remember. It wasn't super cringy. So I want to talk about one another thing. Yeah. This is really weird to me. This doesn't really have much to do with Christian purity culture or anything. So in the beginning of the movie, Clint buries the ring, right? Because right? that ring was meant for Brooke. He breaks it off because it wasn't right. So he, instead of proposing, proposing, to her. he buries the ring instead of just returning. I don't under, I yeah. don't get that, right? Yeah. Anyway, 
So after that fight scene, Clint and Brooke um, leave because Clint's like, I need to take care of her. I don't know what that means. Like the movie doesn't say what happens afterwards. She's just gone. Yeah. Which I know she, I know she didn't kill her. Right. It's just like, well, what happened anyway? <laughs> then, um, out of nowhere. So like Grace thinks that they're broken up. Right. And her family knows that he's coming back to propose to her. In comes the scene of him digging up the ring that was meant for another woman and he's coming da- back to propose to Grace with that same ring. And then, like, like th- all right, that's just weird to me. Yeah, I understand, like, so, like, rings get passed down from generation to generation. But that's, so not, I, that's not a generational ring, that's though. That's like, probably fair. It never established, I don't know if it established that he bought it for her or got it from somebody. Because it's possible he got it from his grandma. Well, then why bury it instead of giving it back to your, like, your family? Well, like, why bury it? Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> it's it very, doesn't add up. It's symbolic. <laughs> For what? <laughs> like he's trusting God to bring... Okay, that's actually... Because they say this like term a number of times in the movie where they're like trusting focusing God on themselves us. in their singleness and trusting God to bring them the right person. Now, I agree. I think that's toxic. I agree with part of that sentence. Um... I've heard this from Ben Stewart, who is a pastor at Passion City Church in Washington, D.C., um, who has actually really strong teaching, I think. Mm-hmm. He has a whole series on dating, and basically a huge chunk of that is like, while you're single, um, this is your time to like maximize your ministry and like, you know, do what God's created you to do, basically. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's awesome. I think that totally makes sense. And his analogy is um, like, run towards God, not towards somebody else, run towards God. And as you run towards God, you'll start coming along others, other people who are also running toward God. And then kind of like you link arms with some of them and you end up, you know, probably marrying one of them and you run toward God together. Right. That's the analogy. And I think that's a great analogy. Yeah, yeah. I think that that works. But the part that I get hung up in is that God will bring you the right person. No, you need to go out and talk to people. And there is so much that is part of what I'm overcoming now is I'm overcoming that mentality of like, I don't need to worry about this. And it's not that I need to worry about it, but part of this is like well, on me. Yeah. The whole, I don't need, I, the whole, I don't need to worry about this thing. I think that's still the I, case, right? Like I need to go out and talk to like, yes, you need to go out and talk to people. If I you do, see a girl that you think is cute, you're going to go talk to her. I sh- probably should. Yeah. Right. But that's like, it's a huge hurdle to get over now. For multiple reasons. Partially, it's just my social anxiety. But <laughs> <laughs> before I came up here, literally, I left from a coffee shop where I was working. And there was a girl there who I thought was attractive. And I thought about walk, going up and talking to her, but I didn't. Because I couldn't put my finger on why. I was just scared. Um, and a big part of that is because there's an impending conversation of like, are you a Christian? Because I'm can't marry you if you're not a Christian. And so I can't really date you. Either. I wouldn't say I can. I would just be like, I don't know if we should date if you're not one. Yeah. Yeah. That would well, the other sense, side but... of the coin, right? It's like, I, I, I feel like even that kind con- like how that conversation is like, you're, you're probably too stressed about that. Hey, well, right? yeah, because I've been indoctrinated in this whole thing that dating is this massive But that's deal. the whole thing, right? Like if you're just getting to know somebody, we should just be hey, hanging out. Can I let's get your number and we can talk let's and blah, grab blah, coffee. blah. And then you like slowly but surely figure out she's not a Christian. You just break it off right like you're not even dating there's this huge pressure that comes from this culture of this purity culture essentially because the whole goal of like courtship and stuff is to keep you from having sex before you get married basically 
Can't have sex if you're not attractive. Am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's not not me saying you're not attractive. It was just a dumb joke. Okay. I think you're cute. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I think, I think, I think, I think I'm attractive. I think you are too. Thanks. Don't Um, touch me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's just, it's like, you know, you initiate a conversation with somebody and then you're basically friends with them and then it kind of may turn into more. It's just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still fighting to overcome this. That's pretty crazy. Cause you're, you're older, you know, I'm 25. Basically I turned 25. Right. So like, that's crazy. And a bunch of my friends are getting married right now. Well, it makes sense, right? Like yeah. you, you dealt with, you're still dealing with those. So like, did your friends that are getting married right now, did, did they grow up in that same? A chunk of them did. I think it's actually kind of interesting. So we'll run through a couple of them. So my best friend, Graham, um, he was raised not in, I think, as a harsh, like dating environment as I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was raised with some similar things but he didn't date the first woman he date was what it was blake his wife um really and i actually think i think that god orchestrated them coming together a little bit um because i don't think that i think that blake has helped graham grow in ways that he would not have grown Mm -hmm. if he wasn't married and blake has brought out so much in him that nobody or nothing else could have brought from him brought out from him so i think that that marriage is like the best thing that could have happened at that time. So that's kind of like, well, maybe God does kind of, um, you know, bring the right person to us. Um, and I think in that situation, that's kind of what happened. And I think Graham was running after God the best he could in that situation. Um, and I think that Blake was too. And so I think that that analogy still kind of works out. Um, and then my friend, Michael, who just got married, uh, he, um, he met his wife at church, mm-hmm. which I think is like the perfect, the, like, it's not the perfect way, but it's the way that like the purity culture says it should happen. Um, and if you want to get specific, like he was serving, he was volunteering at church. She was volunteering at church. They met volunteering and then they fell in love, got married. Mm-hmm. So like that also fits into the analogy of like, they're chasing after God you find somebody who's also chasing after God in the same environment and bam, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- he was not raised in the same purity culture that I was. Um, Michael. Well, I mean, so like, like, but the one person, there's a couple people who have gotten married and one of them, uh, his marriage kind of fell apart. Wasn't his fault, but, um, their family was very hard set on the whole courtship thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not blaming it on courtship, but I'm, I don't know. There was a lot of stuff in that marriage, but yeah. Well, okay, I get that. Uh, you said something. It was um about how like meeting people in church or something like that. Yeah. Um. I don't think that's a purity culture thing, right? Like, if I was single, I think church would be the first place oh, I go to, right? Like, the challenge is, is that's what everybody's first thought is. So everybody eligible um, gets snatched up real quick. Well, that's why you have to kill off the competition. <laughs> that's. Sorry, generally that's, frowned upon that's murder in you're christianity right. um violence is usually not um you're un- right. unless you're fighting off your girlfriend's ex who's trying to rape her in a shed yeah i guess so well okay so like in all actuality right it's i think that's part of 
I don't know. I guess this kind of ties in what we were talking about earlier today a little bit. Like there's, there's a lot of, this is going to get controversial, I think, but I think a lot of what we said today is controversial. Yeah. Okay. So like, and this is just my opinion. And if this offends you, I'm, I am, I am, I am sorry, not you Carter, but like the, the listener, I just think we have a bunch of weak men in, in our generation. Right, like I, I think there's a lot of men that don't have dignity and enough self-respect to like know how to have a conversation with women. Yeah, um, and I think that would solve half the problems. I agree. There's a there's <laughs> right. a huge lack of of uh, confidence. Yeah, and, and so it's just like imagine how much healthier people, like men, at least on on the man on like the, on the men's side, imagine how much healthier like men's um the the relationship finding whatever you want to call this, right? Like this courtship thing. Imagine how, health, how much healthier that could be if at least like, again, on the, on the men's side of things, because that's the only thing I can really speak on from experience is um, if pe- men were just taught how to like have these traits that were attractive. Because one of the biggest things I hear from single men our age is like, well, girls don't like me. And when I ask them why, they're like, the first thing is like, well, maybe I'm just not attractive. I'm just like, okay, well, most of the time women just don't actually care that much. Like That's most true. guys just look really, so most men are just average. Yeah. You're either average or you're Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, right? essentially, yeah. There's not many Ryan Reynolds no. in churches. Okay, so it's not, it has probably doesn't have too much to deal with how you look. It probably has way more to do with how you present yourself mm-hmm. and how you carry yourself your personality traits and all this other stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, like how much better, how much easier and better would it have been if instead of like shoving this toxic purity culture stuff down people's throats, you just invest in people's character. Mm-hmm. I, I No, I would agree. I think that that's, uh, I think that that's huge. Um, and it's something that I do struggle with is like, I, I, I'm not entirely sure why, but I have a huge lack of confidence and it's gotten better. You shouldn't. I appreciate that. <laughs> And it's gotten better and it's getting better, but it's just like, it's, it's, I think there's a lack of people knowing what their identity truly is. Uh, one of my friends said the other day, he's like, everybody our age is having, everybody 30 and under is going through an identity crisis. I'm not. Good for you. <laughs> you went through one. Oh yeah, I did. Well, yeah. I went through one in high school and then became a Christian and then like two years into becoming a Christian, I was like. Oh, I get it now. See, that that realization, I think that probably partially came because you had a a a mature level um conversion. Whereas most of us who grew up in the church, we became Christians when we were not mature. Mm-hmm. So we didn't it didn't click for us. So now it's taking a little bit longer for some of those things to sink yeah. in. Like, wait, what is my identity actually? What does that look like as a Christian? My identity's not in me. What? It's in Jesus? Huh? What's going on? Yeah. Um and it takes it longer for it to sink in with us. Um, so because that's, probably because we because like it seems so mundane at first, and then like right, I get it. And then it's, yeah, so I don't know. There's just uh, a lot of what we've talked about today is very cynical, and I don't want to come off like I think that the church is good. I think that the church is doing a lot of things um, good, good and well. Um, it's just uh, there's certain things that push buttons and that have caused a lot of baggage for me personally and i know are causing baggage for other people yeah um and i it and i just really do not i do not appreciate the baggage (laughs) oh that must have been bad so t just 
T just farted. Um, T is currently struggling with a. Um, <laughs> it smells so bad. <laughs> T smell bad for you. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> don't waft it over <laughs> at me. Wait, just let me know. <laughs> We're talking about how men are. Anyway, uh, <laughs> T T is currently his nose is messed up. He had COVID a number of months ago, and he has a a rare kind of thing that came months after where. Um, lots of things that smell good to the rest of us smell like rotting flesh to him. Okay, but my fart isn't one of those things that would smell good to people. But farts the fact are just that one of those things bad. that smell even worse than they normally would. <laughs> uh, Lydia just texted us and said, "Appearance gets you the date, personality gets you the relationship." I think she's probably right about that. I think uh, you know your pers- your physical appearance is like the hook. Which yeah. Is like, so go to the gym and work out. Yeah, go to the gym, work Be out, discipline, dress nice. Yeah, bathe yourself. <laughs> Yeah. It's just it's just that stuff. Um but yeah. I have obviously not figured out dating, so I'm not a I I know I know things that are wrong with what I've been taught and that's what I'm trying to bring to light. Here's my advice to any men struggling with this on at least on our side. If you see a girl you're attracted to, approach her. Don't make direct eye contact. <laughs> that's intimidating. Look at her out. Look make direct eye contact for a second, but then like Take it away a little bit so you're not like terrifying this girl, right? <laughs> Especially if she's sitting down and like drinking coffee, like minding your own business, and then you approach to her and you're not on the same level, right? Like you're yeah. standing above her. Anyway, that's way too specific. Just approach the girl and just, hey, I saw you across the room. I think you're attractive. Can I get your number? Yeah, it's simple. Get the number and then. Newsflash, we live in 2022. Do you know how easy it is to avoid an uncomfortable conversation by just texting somebody? Mm-hmm. Like, you have it so easy. Yeah. <laughs> and to just text them, get to know them. And then if through getting to know them through text for a little bit is not, like, working and you just you, you think it's not going to be a good fit. Like just dating does not have to be, there's no pressure here. You could just, there should not be pressure and it's going to take some time. So if you're struggling with these same things that I've kind of come through and I'm still struggling with, um, it's going to take some time and it's going to take some repetitions to kind of realize that like exposure therapy. Yeah. You have to, you have to put yourself out there. You might have to date a couple of people and you might even have to get hurt a little bit to then realize, Oh, this is actually, this is like, there doesn't need to be pressure here. Yeah, exactly. Just because you're going on a date with somebody doesn't mean you're going to marry them. Like, you know, grab their number. Stop watching romantic movies and thinking this is how real life works out. I'm going to take you a step further. Stop going on social media and thinking that this is how romantic relationships work. True. I think I had a thought the other day, which I think makes sense. So if you're going to spend 12 hours reading a book... You want that book, like if it's an informational book, not a novel, Mm -hmm. you want that book to be written by somebody who is knowledgeable and certified in the field that they're writing about, right? If you're reading a history book, you want them to be like knowledgeable and certified in history. Mm -hmm. If you're reading a medical book, you'd like them to have a PhD because you are going to spend time consuming their perspective, Social media, we spend way more time in than reading a book. And social media is created by people like you and me. They are uncertified. They are going through life just like we are, struggling with the same things we are. And 
they are telling us whether or not they're saying it directly, they are telling us their perspective and they are telling us how they are like figuring life out. So let me give you an example. Like half of my discover feed is like, uh, travel, travel reels, like reels of people, you know, traveling and showing how awesome it is to travel and then exercise and workout videos, both of which I think can be fueled, um, by the innate desire that people have to be satisfied. So everybody has kind of a core thing that they need to fill. They have a core need, which is the need to have meaning to be satisfied. Everybody's searching for that. So I can't tell you how many times I've come across an Instagram reel of somebody saying they're like, I hated my life. So I quit my job and now I travel and live out of a van. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And here's the reality of that situation. So they're living out of a van now. They're going to all these cool places. They're getting awesome footage. Why are they posting it? Because they want affirmation. They want affirmation. Because they're doing what they thought would bring or them money. affirmation. They, they're doing what they thought would bring them satisfaction. And now that they're doing it, it's still not bringing satisfaction. So they post it to platforms that feed off of affirmation. And then we're on the other side, like also struggling. We're like over here and we're like, man, I wish I was satisfied. I wish I you know, had purpose. And then you see people doing that. And all you see is them having a good time. And I know I'm kind of kicking a dead horse because people have been saying this for a long time, for as long as social media has been a thing. And boomers say it a lot, so I feel kind of bad, but I think they're right. (laughs) We are taking advice. We are being indoctrinated by people who don't know any more than we do about topics that we're struggling with, that they're struggling with. Mm -hmm. That being said, there are people on social media who are certified and who give good information. So just be careful, first of all, who you're taking information like from, and then just like spend less time on social media, you know? Yep. Um, that being said, like I'll waste hours watching like funny videos because they're not indoctrinating you with anything. Like funny videos are funny videos. They're not trying to teach you anything. I love me a good meme. No facts. Um, that was kind of a tangent, but it's the same thing with dating. You see dating on social media. This is not the big picture. You just need to kind of go out there, do it yourself and really discover the truth. Even listening to this podcast, you shouldn't be taking what we say as gospel. You should be going out there and figuring it out. It doesn't no, matter. except for me. Everything I say is right. That's true. Um, I basically worship you. <laughs> Jeez. I, that's not true, but um, if Than gives you a workout program, you should probably do it because he knows what he's talking about. Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us. T, do you have anything else to say? I have a lot of stuff to say, oh but... Um, I'll I'll hold my tongue for now. (laughs) That'll be part two at a later date. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Uh, Be back with you another time with another bottle. Bye. Bye.